Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. The Match Ball. Levi Solicitors bring you the match ball, 10% off your legal fees at levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. Hello, I'm Dan Moylan and I'm joined by Michael Normanton. Hello. And Moscow White, Daniel Chapman. Hello. It probably tells the story of how that game got away from us that at one point in the second half there, we were discussing uh, doing a true crime podcast <laughs> instead of persisting with this. Ah, It was criminal. It was. Hey, no. yeah. It wasn't really, was it? Well, I don't know. Some of that. The set piece defending, maybe. I've seen EastEnders. They're all criminals. Just very frustrating. Uh, but we do tend to lose in that kind of manner, don't we? When games just... That manner. Landon. We always lose in that manner. When games just get away from us and we can't finish chances and just everything, just fine margins, wasn't it? Things just didn't quite go for us tonight. There's not finishing chances and then there's some of that, which by the end it was just hilarious. Mm. With Rodrigo doing Varney off the line. Um, shortly after Pat Bamford had what I hope for us all and for him it's the worst minute of his entire life when I can't even remember exactly what happened he had that um, completely two chances wasn't it yeah he completely mishit it in the box and it turned into a pastor Rafinha who gave him the ball back to him and said this is even easier than your first chance see if you can do any worse with it and he's gone watch this challenge accepted and it's just by that time and even probably before then, it was just, it did feel like we were just sitting back and watching how much of a mess Leeds were going to make of it. I don't know exactly which chance it was that we balled up at 64 minutes, but that's when I wrote down that um, we are just not going to score tonight in a bid to try and reverse jinx it. But that was Harrison um, cutting back, to, Harrison yeah, a through was... ball, cut back to Rafinha, and it was his shot that was, well, firmly hit, but straight at, um, straight at the Fabianski. But we'd actually started all right. But when we, we scored, but when we didn't score, we scored though, loads of goals. But when, when when they weren't allowed by the the person drawing the lines at Stockley Park, uh, did you have a feeling then it was getting away from us? One of those nights, we were good first ten minutes. I thought we were gonna we might actually win in that first period, and then because Costa's knee was bent rather than his leg being straight, it was offside, and then I mean we had we had Ian Wright on at halftime, and Ian Wright is generally one of the more enthusiastic, bubbly presenters and he was having to talk about that and he just sounded he sounded down on life didn't he having to talk Broken about man. it it was just like but that's what it's like but so. they, they didn't even cover it on Sky did they um, the, the backlash seemed to suggest the Twitter backlash Sky didn't cover it in yeah, fairness it, there's no point yeah. covering it really because it's one of those that yeah if if his knees his knee you, if your leg is bent your knee does go further forward than your foot therefore and you've, but you've got to oh God, it's even it's, I'm, I want to die with boredom just thinking about it but <laughs> Like your standing left leg and how, what position do you have to be in to make your right knee go further forward than your standing straight? Oh, just just yeah. go away. We've been over it and over it. And we said months ago, like to get back to the brass tacks of what the rules are for, the offside rule is to stop people from goal hanging. 
You can't just stand next to the goalkeeper and have a tap-in. And the handball rule is to stop the game from being rugby. So as long as those two things are happening, then the rules are working. And this business of whether a knee is a millimetre offside was never part of what the game was supposed to be. And the frustrating thing will be, is now, but will be even more perhaps, but at least we'll have a, some relief. It can't carry on like this for much longer. Next season, maximum, I don't think we can go through another. Maybe the European Championships will be the thing. that They're just so dreadful and ruined that people just switch off and the Europe says, we can't have football like this anymore. And then next season, we start again. And well, already, already we've heard from Arsene Wenger talking about tweaks to the uh, to the rules because it is killing it as a spectacle because that is that is not offside by any sensible measure, is it? And, and it kills it as a part of the, the sporting context test as well because those are the two chances. We It was nil-nil at Palace when Bamford pointed, wasn't it? I remember. And we were, I think so, yeah. so we were prevented from going a goal ahead there which changes the game because then Palace have to come out and attack. It's a similar thing tonight. West Ham love defending deep, um, whereas if you've taken a, a goal lead against them, it makes it difficult for them to do it. So not having that goal at that time would have changed the subsequent 80 minutes, but it doesn't excuse the subsequent 80 minutes and the way Leeds played, but then you do come back down to what actually cost us a foul and a corner of the two things. So it's yeah. um, in open play. Give us the win. Let's have the points and Palace retrospectively. But yeah, all like all you can do is just cling to the hope that this won't last forever, and then we'll have a a different game in the future. A different game, as in football, will be different and it will be better. What about the penalty? Definite nailed on. Soft, but was won it. There's very little contact, but there is some contact, and mm, that's all all you need these days. It always is, isn't it? Annoying, scum bastard. And then, uh, <laughs> and then he uh, jammy scum bastard. Yeah, I mean, fair fair play to Melier for, for saving that. And I don't know if you were watching the Sky coverage. We had the Sky coverage on for the first half, didn't we, before we switched to alternative coverage later on in the game. But the Sky coverage, Alan Smith said, I wonder if Melier's... Not di- our Alan Smith, by yeah, the way. Yeah, I wonder if Melier's disappointed that the defender didn't, didn't get to the rebound first rather than Lingard. You're thinking, hang on a second. By definition, he's got a 10-yard, a 10-yard, which is 30 feet um, advantage over every other player um, behind him. So is he disappointed that the defender didn't get there first or is it entirely logical that it went to the striker who's stood by the penalty spot that he's just hit it from? Fucking hell. If it had been Fabianski there tapping in the rebound, he'd maybe have had some questions. <laughs> oh. But I think for the for the penalty taker himself to be turning it in, that's fine. And there's maybe, there's an indication there. I don't know if we just absolve the whole thing in a big bath of bad luck and forget it, but... It's a good save by Melier, and it's not his fault. I mean, the ball's kicked it in really hard. He's done the good bit of saving it, and I think it's it's very difficult then for a goalkeeper who's already done something quite difficult to be in charge of where the ball goes from there. It's not like it's made of Velcro and it automatically sticks to his jumper, or he can, or he can magically make the the bounce of the thing after he's blocked it go where he wants. Um, it was Lingard's fault for hitting such a shit penalty because. It hit Melier. He didn't get. He wasn't able to extend his arms towards it and punch it away, was it? It was. It was almost more towards his body, so he had to just adjust himself and therefore couldn't move it anywhere. So Lingard's fault. Yep. Scum, <laughs> bastard. So oh, undeserved. So at this point, we've scored a deserved goal. We could probably give should, us uh, give ourselves the one that went out of play as well, because you never you never know if VAR's not there. 
liners on the far side is unsighted by the post, just gives it anyway. Did it even get checked by VAR? Yes. That one? Okay. I thought, but the... I mean, it, they checked it and they got it right, but... Right, yeah, so the linesman had already said it was out. But bollocks. Spots, still bollocks though, isn't it? Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, we should have the goal. But then that 2-0 as well. I mean, how many times are we going to see this, particularly against bloody West Ham? I mean, I was really gutted earlier in the season when we lost to West Ham. Tonight, I was just like, oh, whatever. What can you, what can you do? I know Bielsa doesn't like zonal marking, but should we try it for set pieces? I know it's, uh, you're going in down that route of saying, is Bielsa doing something wrong, which is very dangerous. But it doesn't. what we do doesn't work. No. And the idea of just continuing to do it seems stupid. How many corners did they have? I don't know. They, they scored one and nearly scored another, though, which mm. isn't acceptable. They only scored from one, though. <laughs> and it was absolute chaos most of the time. Well, then, the, um, I mean, they did change it in the second half because Cooper started taking... Um, they, we had six, six, uh, six corners apiece. There you go. So, they so, if, one in, one so if one in six corners goes in and one of the others almost goes in, that's not fine. I think, I mean, I always prefer, and not because of Bielsa's preference of how we do it, it just comes down to players doing it better and Llorente was not good enough um, marking what's-his-face, whoever it was that scored West Ham. The, the problem, though, is it player. not, um, as Michael said, if you if you mark zonally, you're defending areas and you can come out and meet the ball. And you can still fuck that up. Yeah, you, yeah, you There's can nothing do. to say that Llorente gets to the ball before fuck-face if it's zonal or man. Talking about basic physics here, though, because if you mark it man-to-man, if you watch what happened, they were all jostling with their men on the edge of the area they did a bit of a, a run and a blockeroo or whatever it was that they did to get away from the men. And as soon as you've done that, you know that you're behind him. Whereas if you're a centre-half and you're coming out to meet the ball... There was know. no jostle. Llorente just wandered off and let him run away. There was no jostle. He wasn't close to him. And then on the other one, where he hit the post, Llorente stuck very close to him and the ball came to them. And it could have been a zonal situation where they're both attacking the ball. Only one of them attacked the ball. Llorente ducked, went underneath it. And the other fella is running onto the ball and has more momentum and heads it and Urente is just getting out of the way. So I think the simpler solution is teach Urente how to mark mm. and whether it's zonal or man. But when it goes matter. when it goes wrong with lots of different players. When did it last go wrong? It's a while since we've conceded from a corner. Maybe so. Mm. But it does feel like it's a glaring weakness that got exposed tonight. But then again, it got exposed by West Ham earlier in the season. Maybe it's just a West Ham thing. But that said, they are good at them. That yeah, that said, we can't just accept losing uh, to West Ham via corners forevermore. You know, that's not acceptable, is it? Really? Well, we I do, am. In, I am suggesting Yorente gets better at defending them. Yeah, and maybe part of that though is to do a different strategy. Is you know, try something else. Well, if the other players are fine, why do we have to change everything just because Yorente can't do it? But the other players, why do we teach Yorente to do what the other players are doing fine? I don't think the other players are fine. Well, when did we last concede from a corner? Before. <laughs> Before tonight, a while ago, I you know we don't know that stat. And it was well, then how do we know that we're consistently bad at defending from corners? Then if we don't know, the because, stats, because we we've conceded the most it. in the division yeah, from that corners. That's that's a stat. That's a fact. Uh, so there's a fact bomb for you. Digest that. Clean that ma- mess up. Go on, bollocks, isn't it? Well, we conceded a lot of them a long time ago. <sighs> and we got better recently, and then Urente's come in his second or whatever start in succession or third. I don't even know that stat and. <laughs> Some, the some first, games. And those games, we didn't concede any from corners. This one... It's just frustrating. Allow me to be frustrated. Don't, don't I'm not me. stopping you from being frustrated. You are. I'm just introducing a note feel of like sense that says we like don't have to change everything. You're not taking my feelings into account. That's what I feel like. Um, yes, we um, we had Mike Dean as referee tonight as well. Do we blame him for any of this? 
Uh, he booked Phillips when he shouldn't have done. That was pathetic, wasn't it? He did an annoying slow walk to have a word with Antonio, who was presumably spoken to for trying to get his cock and balls out while pulling his shorts up. I don't know why he seemed <laughs> obsessed on corners. Did you notice he was like making pants out of his shorts? It was weird that. They're very impressive thighs, it must be said. Yeah, well, yeah to be fair. But you're you're Boresque. I noticed because he was doing it next to Melia. I noticed his, his thigh was the same as Melia's torso, roughly in, in girth. So it was <laughs> impressive, but I did wonder, like, What's he doing? Then Declan Rice did it in the second half as well. Strange behaviour. And Rafinha was doing it the other week. And it was like Mike Dean was running the clock down on West Ham's behalf at those corners. I don't know if if it's possible for a player to go over to the referee and say, are you going to add on the time that you're taking? Walking over to people at corners. Can you stop your watch for yourself? Yeah, can you pick this up? But it was definitely, I think it it was the first half. And he spent so, he, he stopped, he blew his whistle to stop some, uh, they were gathering around Melier on the line. And he took about 30 seconds just to walk over there. And you think, this time will not get added on. And we need to get, we need all the time we can get to get back into this game. But how can you say to the referee, like, do you want to get a fourth official to book him? It's the only way to learn. It's got to happen. I did enjoy one bit of Mike Dean when they were claiming for a penalty and they were just all screaming at him. And Mike Dean was very clearly saying, it's going to get checked by VAR. Stop moaning at me, which is a fair point because... That is how football works now. Yeah. And it's just like, shut up. It's talking to me now, shut up. I'm not going to give it. Someone else might, but I'm not going to give it. That's, that's, Why don't you be quiet? That's all that VAR has succeeded in doing, hasn't it? It's protected the refs a little bit from abuse from the players because they can't shout at somebody sat in a room at Stockley Park. Don't worry. The Twitter will come to Mike Dean's. Uh, <laughs> yes, no, yes, don't I, do that. No. <laughs> I hear he's not very popular sometimes. Um, yeah, because I've, I've written down... Uh, Cooper free kick dash wank that presumably was when he got penalised for it was that second tackle wasn't it on the floor when he lunged and clearly took the ball caught a bit of the man afterwards but Christ is is that what football's become now? Yeah it was a bit that was a bit pathetic Suchek went down a few times and he's too big to dive was one observation I had he's very ungainly trying to go down and win a free a bit like Bamford does it to an extent as well when he tries to dive it lo- looks really untidy mm. a lot of verticality there's a lot of mm. height to bring downwards. Yeah, that's my scientific analysis of it. I don't really know what to say about it. Should we just can it there? <laughs> it's, I'm just dead frustrated and, and you you know all the things that are frustrating. Just everything not quite clicking. I mean, even when, when Rafinha's doing two overhead kicks inside a minute, you're thinking, this is brilliant. One of these has got to go in for having the sheer, you know, audacity to do something like that. But no, didn't happen. Rafinha was, he was good in parts today, wasn't he? But even he had a bit of an off day, I thought. Largely speaking, it was everything's not quite firing. Yeah, I mean, at points, admittedly, he was trying to take on like four people at once, which is which is difficult. So we we're gonna have to allow him that. But yeah, he wasn't he wasn't working. There was we've we've not even touched on the other Bamford miss either. Right at the start of the second half, when he was put through on goal, and he had he just opened up his body and tried to curl it into the far corner and put it about a yard wide. And we had a full Steve Morrison at the corner flag after that as well. Didn't he? He was kind of he sort of summed up a lot of what was just not firing. Yeah. In that end of the field, and, and Rafinha, um, yeah, he, he did resorts just starting like trying to beat four or five people at once and getting frustrated with himself. But then, sort of in the first half, um, he was giving the ball away. Like it was, it was very difficult to sort of. You could put a piece of paper between him, Roberts, and Costa as to which one was just giving the ball away more than anybody else. There were it was quite a. Um, it was bad. <laughs> <laughs> Just regards to uh, to Bamford, we got the we, instead of saying Championship Bamford, let's say Patrick Bamford version one point instead of the two point reboot that we've had this season. He's in plenty of credit this season. 
um, and he's done some really, really good things. But we saw the bad side of him tonight. And unfortunately, if you miss that number of chances like that, it's going to cost you. It costs you in the Premier League, doesn't it? Whereas you don't get multiple bites of the cherry um, in this league where, you know, compared to the Championship. It might cost him his England place. I don't know if the chances would necessarily that clear cut that they were terrible. The one that Rafinha... The two, the two he had in a minute from Rafinha, you want one of those, if not both, to go in. Um, the one that did annoy me at the start of the, the second half at the time, where he was put through Llorente's beautiful through ball and his movement's great and he's onto it and he opens up his body and it's his left foot and everything's there. He kind of did everything right apart from he's put it wide by about a foot or something. And then... The Morrison one I was talking about, he just lashed at a shot like an idiot. So, you know, I, I know, don't know if he had that many sort of game-defining chances apart from the two in a, a minute, but the where he will suffer will be if Gareth Southgate's looking at him and thinking, well, if Harry Kane's not fit, he's either going to be the player I'll, I'll bring on because any of those chances, particularly the one where he did everything right and just put it a foot wide, um, Kane always puts that in because he's, you know, Harry Kane. He's a, yeah, he is. So <laughs> it's it's getting to that level, but it's um it's kind of the we keep bumping our heads up against this, and I don't know if us getting so high in the table recently has kind of um increased the giddiness a little bit. And it's more annoying in this case because it's only West Ham and West Ham should always be shite. <laughs> but this season they do look like they could be solidly getting into the Champions League places and are good and have been on a great run and are in very good. They've been in great form actually since they changed their tactics. The players at Elland Road have stuck with that plan ever since and have been superb. So we're kind of coming up against one of the good teams in the division and having a bad night against them and it's West Ham. So it doesn't really figure. Whereas we could, we'll probably smash Liverpool all over the place because they're shit and probably finish below West Ham. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The other big sign when you knew it wasn't our night was that one off the line, wasn't it? I mean, God. I'm not even sure who kicked that. I think it hit their defender, didn't it? But Rodrigo sort of got himself in the way. Did he get a little touch on the way through? But when that's not going in, you just might as well just get back on the train north, haven't you? Just have a look at the uh, info goals XG on it. 2.47 to 1.42 to them. But just to prove what a cheat Lingard is, he managed to get 80% for the penalty, then 67% for the follow-up. So from one penalty, they managed to get 147% chance of a goal, <laughs> I think. Something like that. Yeah, I mean, the reason you get so cross about what we can or can't do at corners is because that does end up being decisive in a game like this. Take out, if you forget about our VAR injustice, but take out Ailing's mistake for their penalty because it is a mistake to give a penalty away like that. I think it, it was fairly obvious once he went in for that challenge. Lingard is obviously going to make sure he gets a penalty, so you kind of blame the defender for getting involved in that situation. But then again, I suppose, what else was he going to do? And then uh, Urente not following his man at the at the corner. Cut out those two things. Credit ball hard for away draw. Nil-nil, you take that. But we don't do nil-nils. We don't do draws no. under Bielsa. And y- yeah, different night. Rodrigo's chance goes in. Bamford buries three and we win. Um, I said at halftime I fancied 4-2 and it wasn't far off. But then equally, West Ham hitting the bar um, with that incredible... I'd, I mean, ag- I'd argue 2 nils quite a long way off 4-2. <laughs> it's, a, it's a number of goals. <laughs> away from it it's a non-zero amount away from two isn't it it's four anyway um but we could have scored four you know we're sitting here complaining about the the chances not being scored you can't then say they didn't happen so we 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 had absolutely no chance of scoring at all we could have scored list them now feels like a bit of a broken record conversation but let's do it anyway two changes at half time and the changes at half time i know we're kind of feeling our way through this division but the changes at half time feel to me like it's almost an admission of not getting things right from the outset. So this time it was Costa and Click who got yanked. Click has obviously gone off the boil, carrying the injury, whatever it might be, getting a you know a little bit exposed in midfield as we've spoken about in recent weeks. Costa, nah. What do you think of the changes? I think it's bad for us that the changes are always obvious. It suggests that we probably don't have enough good players. That you kind of look at it and you go, well, yeah, obviously. You know, Costa is. He did all right for that one game, didn't he? Basically, and there's not, there's not been great. He scored. He did score. No, Roberts. Uh, I mean tonight, but Tyler scored. Helder set him up. So, well, yeah. So it was again. It was the. It was back from Arsenal where it was uh, Tyler setting up Helder Costa. This was Helder Costa setting up Tyler Roberts. But you can't look at that performance tonight from either of them and go, "Oh, you did, you did really well." You know, yeah, but then Jackie Harrison came on and didn't do much. No, either, and Rodrigo replaced Roberts and. Not all. I think that's what I mean. In oh, in terms of the Costa Harrison thing, I think Harrison overall has been much better for us than Costa. 
but hasn't been playing well recently. And that's why it gets to half time and you go, well, I guess take Costa off because he's been shit. I guess you take Harrison off at half time because he's been shit, which is what was happening before. It just needs probably someone better. <laughs> Can we just have truth a look? Be, truth more, be told. More better players, please. Or at least them in better form. But Jack Harrison in early season form, absolutely fine. No problem with him at all. He was good. And I think he is good. And I'm all for us keeping him, but he does go out of form sometimes. And the same with Click. There's no one else we can bring in. So we end up shuffling it around and moving left backs around. Mm. And it's, it is just a symptom of being in the Premier League, though, isn't it? As we've said, it's not that when you've got players who are not quite at the Premier League level, let's say, it's not that they're consistently terrible week in, week out. It's just that they go up and down in form. They seesaw their form a little bit. And um, like you see with Tyler Roberts, the, the stuff that we've spoken about in recent weeks, he just needs that half a second too long or maybe Costa just looks a little bit ineffective and, and not dangerous. And it's just these, it's just those little things, isn't it? The, the click is given us absolutely everything for like two and a half years. So if he has a dip, it's fine. Yeah, and tonight he's up against Rice and Suchek, who are the two in-form centre midfielders in the division. They've been incredible for the last few weeks and are really good at they sit right in front of West Ham's defenders, break everything up. You saw when Click got the ball um, almost in the D and there were immediately three players around him just take the ball off him. There's nothing he can do. And they're quality players as well. Like Dawson has been good at the back for them lately but then those two also are capable of bombing forward and getting goals they're really um doing some stuff i think they're a lot to do with why west ham are good now so click has been under par lately and then tonight he's up against top-notch midfielders and with hilarious consequences and on the wing we always forget um ian Paveda exists as a human and before he got injured, was coming on for usually Jackie Harrison, but he'd be an option for Costa as well if he's not doing it, and lifting things up a little bit with his gleeful dribbling wing play, the uh, the Colombian Rafinha, as I like to think of him. Um, he's not that good, but he is different and he is there, and he's one of the reasons why um, we, we do have another player there. But um, a centre midfielder, yeah, I was like, we need somebody, unless Click can improve and, and get consistently to the level of Suchic and Rice, then it's it's all there for Rodrigo de Paul to, uh, to come in. As I was walking down here, I passed um, a very nice Mercedes with uh, part of its number plate was RDP. So he's obviously signing tomorrow. <laughs> but he's driven over from, uh, yeah, from Italy, having over. played. Yeah, yeah. But no. um, there is... There's, there's openings there. Um, we can definitely have new players in every position, really. But um, it feels like we've got to the stage where we forget some of them, and also we forget the quality that they're up against. Because, and it's hard to reconcile again. Good players yes. wearing West Ham shirts doesn't make sense. Yeah, this, this Don Hutchinson, as far as I'm concerned. I was about to make a point that segues exactly into this, and that's that we've got to that point now where we're wishing away the season again, aren't we? Where we want to get to the summer get the next lot of signings in and get up to the next level in the Premier League because it's frustrating seeing this because we're just, we're so close. And it's like I say, it's not like we've gone out there and been absolutely hammered tonight, but it does feel like West Ham having some good players and just being that bit more consistent, that bit more clinical, ultimately costs us and we don't quite have enough just yet to, to counter this against some of these teams. But we are hopefully now, you know, good enough to have done enough against teams that are below us that um, that it shouldn't be a problem, but it does. It does feel like we need to con just for our own state of mind. We were better than them for certainly the first ten minutes, and then probably this, 
pretty much all of the second half. Well, just Bielsa just said in his comments post-match, 60 minutes, um, we were dominant in the game. But if we don't defend well, we cannot attack well. Felt a draw would have been deserved. Yeah. And let's see, we're not, we're not miles away and it is that kind of, you, you can't do anything. You know, we can say we need Rodrigo de Paul, but we can't sign him now. So it does almost become it a, a bit of a redundant um, thing. But then I wonder if we do at some point need to get ourselves into Liverpool mode and just start talking about how difficult everything is because <laughs> they must be fucking knackered out a lot. Mm. I mean, you know, and, they didn't burn out at the end of this season, but I wouldn't be surprised if they actually did burn out at the end of this unless the international break is genuinely that chance for everybody to recharge if they cancel all the games and nobody goes away. And we're only playing Sheffield United when that's over anyway, so you know, that's like another week off. <laughs> But it's, we are we are stretched. You're right. It is a small squad, and we have been suffering from injuries. And you know, Rodrigo's only just coming back tonight, so he's going to take a little bit of time. And Llorente's only yeah. just back in as well. So that's one of the reasons why I, I think particular attention to the way he defends corners. He can get better with more practice at what we do, which is generally fucking concede. But he <laughs> in, may get the hang of things. In Llorente's defence as well, he did also lay that one on a plate for Bamford, didn't he? It was his through ball, and that's not particularly centre back's job to do that. So gives us something extra from from there, and uh, and if he ain't doing it, we've got Berardi on the bench. So options mm. it's starting to come up. But talking about the bench options, Hernandez out, muscle injury, strike with a knock. So another two injuries there to factor into it. So again, just just damages your ability, doesn't it, to do stuff? I don't think we should just let Liverpool be the only ones who whinge about everything this season. But there is some point where our kind of stoic Bielsa will never complain about referees or complain about circumstances stuff. You do need to root. And it's the same for absolutely everybody that this season is weird. All the players are fucking knackered. Training is difficult because you, you, you know, you're getting changed in different rooms and then nobody can come together. You, the way that you train is dictated by COVID protocols. So everybody has to keep certain different distances and all this kind of stuff. And, and nobody can, um, go out anywhere. The players are the same as us in that they don't get the chance to take a break. You know, they're all fucking millionaires, but they can't go anywhere to spend it. So it doesn't matter. They're just trapped in the house the same as everybody else. It's, you know, the Premier League at the moment is fucking garbage in general for all these reasons and more. And it's not necessarily surprising that Leeds, as a promoted team with players who are not as good as a lot of the players in teams around us, would start to hit some of those buffers. And it will be click just needs a fucking holiday because he can't get the better of England and or Ireland. Declan Rice. <laughs> he's, got, a, he's got the Euros to contend with this yeah, summer as well. On a Monday Great. night in fucking London where we never win. <laughs> and um, and so I, I think there's an element this season for everybody of grind. And you saw fucking Man City fucking terrible against Scum yesterday and they're the best team in anywhere. So it's, there's a, we may be getting caught up in that, but we're a little bit too um, dignified <laughs> to want to start moaning about we're it to the extent we are the best people in the world that some of our uh, <laughs> some of our peers do. But uh, um, yeah, I wonder if some of that is uh, is playing in. I mean, we're not far behind Liverpool still. This is true. This is true. Um, not far ahead of Fulham. One other point to make, and before we get round to heroes and villains, is that it looks like uh, Casilla was not. Uh, because uh, left out because of an injury, Capriel was put on the bench. Looks tactical. Ooh, there you go. Interesting. I'm interested. I'm now in. Tr- I mean, I know West Ham had two goalkeepers on their bench. <laughs> that might might be tactical. I'm I'm intrigued by tactical in choice of 
Um, like, were we going to bring him on at right back? Well, I was going to say the only the only real decision with the sub keeper is who do you like? Who is better? It's a popularity contest <laughs> between my options. And uh, I, I mean, I'm glad to see the back of Kiko. I think we should have seen the back of him a very long time ago. But mm. if that's happening, well, good. I was it's, just... a, it's about time we gave an opportunity to a young goalkeeper in our team. <laughs> And I'm, I will not rest until we have a 13-year-old on that bench well, with I, Michael Owen coming out of retirement. Pumping and past him. I was just about to make the joke that if West Ham had two keepers on the bench, maybe uh, Bielsa felt we ought to have at least one. That was my joke. But anyway, uh, heroes and villains then. I'm sure you'll want to nominate Declan Rice, England and our islands, Declan Rice, Michael. For What what was the reason you identified him as one of your favourites tonight? Um, I think... Well, I don't know if he's a hero or villain. No. Uh, well, there was he's both, actually. I thought they said it looked like he had very nice soft hair. At one point, but then he's very got a clean. shit beard. A very straggly, awful looking beard. So But you liked his hair. His hair looked nice. Well, like soft. Not not stylishly nice. Like, like Teddy Sheringham soft. Uh I don't know, like um like a nice like a nice uh, fluffy dog or a, maybe like a you see like a nice fluffy cow. Mm. Like, a bit like that. I bet it, it just was... looked clean. Mm. You know, like he'd washed. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all we've got to say, say for tonight. Who else was I mean did anyone play well for us? No. Not really. The thing is, we weren't... Phillips was all right on his return, wasn't he? We weren't terrible. We've just we've kind of said that in open play, we actually were probably better than West Ham. And then we're saying we can't think of anyone who played well. But that's the sort of contest that West Ham make it. Maybe so. West Ham are villains for just... I mean, yeah, because there was that point, you remember, like when Click um, was given the ball on the edge of the area, it was somewhere in the D, and he had three, if not four, players around him. Three of them tackled him at once. I was like, what, what can you do against this? What can you do? You you just need loads of better players, don't you, to to beat shit like that. I mean, we still did carve them open, though, didn't we? There were there were chances with the Bamford ones, the Rafinha one. I think on another day he scores there because he's we've seen he's quite he's good at kicking it into the net really hard, and he did the kicking hard bit, but just not into the net. There was even like the it wasn't a great chance, but the one where Harrison hit took it first time, and he mm. maybe could have had a touch and a shot, or I think he scored a similar. It was against Newcastle. In fact, you you didn't think he had a touch, but he did have a yeah. touch. But like that just went miles wide, and it wasn't. It was on. He'd have been watching replays of Ailing's goal at Huddersfield all weekend. <laughs> I mean, so he'll he'll do put him back in his box. It was one where you don't even consider it a chance because of the way it was finished. But you wanted uh, Alioski there, didn't you? Head <laughs> head over the ball, arrowing it in low and hard in the bottom corner. It was all the all just looked like they were in a bad mood, <laughs> particularly by the end of it when you know the. The reactions to some of the chances and the the way they were all looking in. Uh, Calvin Phillips kind of ran back, took the ball off somebody, ran upfield and had a shot himself, and it went wide. And you can tell it's just kind of, they're just pissed off. And I think they just I think they could feel what we could feel quite early on in that game, especially when it was two 0 When you're just thinking, not going to work, this is it. And being in that kind of position so early, and then still having to get through and keep trying, it's not going to work. It's not going to make you happy. That train journey home tonight will be fucking misery. I'm going to give the final words of this episode of the match ball to Saulo Santos, who was tweeted as, who's saying, Esas líneas do VAR ainda now me convencem. Mm-hmm. Have can, you clicked translate tweets? I have indeed. Click that button and it says, those VAR what's, lines. What's he saying about our mothers? <laughs> those VAR lines still don't convince me. Are they you? It's not that I don't necessarily believe them. I just think they should be thrown in the bin anyway. I would rather believe the assistant referee 
who gave or it. just favour the attacker. Who just g- come up with a system that doesn't punish people for fucking pixel lines. The, the line, the line that gave it offside. So, <laughs> there you oh go. well, they can go fuck them, can't they? Yeah, but that's better. <laughs> it's a <laughs> better, it's a better way to be an denied. honest mistake. If I'm sure I said this the other week, ban replays. If we never see it again, we'll never know, and it won't matter. It's only because it's constantly. Well, apparently they didn't replay it lots on Sky. But it's only because we've got this point of we have the technology to measure this to within a millimetre. Nobody has thought whether we should. Well, they have and have thought, fucking do it anyway. Because <laughs> people who run football are fucking stupid. Sean Harvey has worked his entire life in football administration. That tells you the calibre of people who sat around <laughs> and said, you know what would be a really good idea if we, yeah, if we did this? Idiots, the fucking lot of them. They don't know when they're onto a good thing. Out to spoil it for everybody permanently. And I hope, against hope, that Bielsa defeats them because he's the only good thing left. We'll speak to you next time. Ta-ra. The Match Ball. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.